Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Six. We're in the studio today, thanks to the team at Toolkit Depot. 13, 12, 55, if you want to play. We didn't win Lotto. We didn't win a single cent. You can text 0487 736 736. Scotty Cummings, good morning to you. Morning, mate. How are you? Very, very well, thank you. Thanks for All joining right. us on this Friday. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> Only just. Appreciate Peter it. Bell is going to join us in the studio. He's the Executive General Manager of Football. Fremantle Dockers. We're going to all things Dockers. So if Fremantle fans have any questions for Peter, 0487 736 736, or better still, give us a call, 13 12 55. But you, you hate the Dockers. Nah, not officially. It's, I've seen it on Twitter. <laughs> you hate them and uh, only do things for West Coast. That's Elon Musk. That's his fault. <laughs> hey. He's giving everyone freedom of speech again. Yeah. How dare he. I was going through the paper. Yeah, just moments ago. It's a thick one today. No, it's incredibly thick. And I was in the today section, and I was just turning, and there's a beautiful thing on uh, the rowing and the beautiful breakfast you can get. <laughs> and there's a bloke holding a big fish, a 1.05 meter mulloway, and I thought that looks familiar. That's Frank Agostino. Ah, oh, stop it. Frank Agostino, the shirtless Frank Agostino from Fleet Network, and oh, I quote... I had a rig like that too. I barely wear clothes, Gus. Former East, East Perth footballer Frank Agostino is a keen angler and kicked a goal in a recent foray south of Mandura. Agostino, who has also trained with West Coast at one... What? What? I'm sorry, what? What? When, when did he do that? I don't know. He's kept, he kept that done to him. Raps headed to Preston Beach for a weekend with the family. He had a he has a unit there. Oh, gee, we, oh, hang on, hang on. And you want to know a bit more about him? It's a life story of Frank Agostino. Yeah, but how much? How much would that cost? Frank, the unit? How much? Oh, no, 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 not the unit. How much would it cost Frank to get this story oh, in the paper? I have to tell you what, but it's a third par in. He has a unit there and loves to escape for a few days away from work with Fleet Network. After fishing there for the past 30 years, it's safe to say he knows the lay of the land. He headed down to the beach at 4 o'clock, hoping mainly for a few tailor. It was a tough start with a strong southwesterly wind and a fair bit of chop, so his hopes were fairly low. Now, this is where it gets technical, Scott. I don't know if you're a fisher. Do you like fishing? Yeah, no, I get very, very crooked. Unless there's a bathtub out there on the boat, I am over the edge. Yeah, that's fair enough too. Yeah, I just find it incredibly boring and, and the people who fish are boring. Using a running sinker rig with a set of three ganged hooks Wait. baited with a muley 
on a three-metre rod and a Shimano Saragossa reel, he had a good hook-up around 4.45pm. What? Now, he would, only he could write these notes down. So he's, he's been interviewed by Scotty Coglin, good fellow Cogs. So he's, he said, oh, Cogs, I went fishing and I caught this fish. We probably put it on yeah, social. You should yeah. probably come down and get a grab. The fish dragged him 200 metres along the beach and back again as he fought it. Eventually, he worked it close to the shore and a wave washed it on the sand at his feet. It was a 1.05 metre mulloway, easily his best ever catch from the shore and a great surprise. There's more. No, no, I'm almost there. I'm almost there, Scott. He was wrapped. And the Agostinos, including his parents, had Mulloway for dinner for the next two nights and loved it. Frank has won a $50 Halco lure pack what for his going great on? catch. Stop it. That's, no, the story's over. What, is it? Yeah, page four of the Today section, you can see our man, Rig, we like to call him Rig Agostino. <laughs> Peter Bell's going to join us. Yeah. Hey, Simon Miller's going to join us also. was coming to the studio, but he has... Um, what? He's gone south to keep an eye on the spellers. Oh, okay. The stars of the stable that are spelling. Really? Nick O'Hearn's going to join. I'm going to chat with Nick O'Hearn. Great man, Nick O'Hearn. He's a great Really man. good man. Only bloke to ever beat Tiger Woods twice in match play. Mm. Only person ever. He's you a left-hander. That? He's a left-hander. Yeah, but now he's starting to putt right-handed. Nick, he's putts right-handed now. It's weird. Yeah. Well, he's he's just showing off. It's like it got too easy. Because I can tell you now, and we'll give you a score update, because the PGA Championship's being played up there in Queensland. And our friend of the show last week, this week, this week, Jason Scrivener. Yeah, it was this week. Seven under, leader. That mm, a boy. Second round. Uh, he's one under through six today. He's got he's seven under, but sharing the spoils with mm-hmm. Min Woo. Oh, really? Minwoo. So WA are leading one and two with the Minwoo lead, Jason Scrivener, midway through the second round. Uh, my tip, as you know, I'm a great, I'm very knowledgeable I'm the king. of the European tour, but my man, Kaomura, who's a little Japanese nugget and he's an absolute beast, it's got a very weird action. He's six under. And still to tee off, of course, later, Adam Scott's got to go off. He finished with a five under round. Um, Adrian Moronk, who's a very good player from Poland, he's in the top 15 at the moment. He's three under. Smith finished three under yesterday, and the Hoygaard brothers as well. So we'll keep an eye on that, and uh, Nico Hearn will join us. Wildcats last night, disappointing. Wow, what happened there? You're a courtside. What happened? Uh, that was just disappointing. Great crowd, 10,400. A lot of pink. Yeah, good a good turnout for pink and money raised for Breast right Cancer on. Care, WA, but disappointing. Just had lots of holes in their D. Uh, so that's lingo for holes in their back line. Mm. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and they just couldn't stop them. And, and Adelaide are good. And the thing is with Adelaide is they're playing one short. They're an mm, import yeah, short yeah, yeah. and a guard short. Spoke to CJ Bruton. You'll hear that interview after uh, 8 o'clock because I'm sticking around for another hour with the Wildcats show. Good man. Uh, very good man. Oh, oh. and how's no, no, this? I'm saying you're a good man for sticking around. Oh, sorry, so CJ. Did you get some feedback? callers during the Wildcats show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get, we'll get a lot of people. Don't worry about 13, 12, 55, 0487, Fairly big. Um, I mean, you threw it out there yesterday when we were having a chat uh, about brothers and, and sisters, the Best ones and the worst ones. We were asked the question, which uh, which one out of the Brady bunch? Mm. We said Greg for sure. <laughs> and you said 
<laughs> wasn't he uh, intimately involved with uh, Carol Brady? Yeah, Miss <laughs> Florence Henderson. Florence Henderson. And we said, mate, come on, stop it. I sort of threw it up as Tim Gossip, didn't I? So, yeah, we thought it might have been he might have, was involved with another Brady. But <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. Keep it's it on not, the level, no, please. It's not Carol you. and it's not Marsha and it's not Jan and yeah, yeah. not Cindy. Keep going. So there's some mail that came to light from our man Roy. Yeah, he did some digging for us. News wasn't false from yesterday's show. Greg from Brady Bunch, 15 years old, and Mrs. Brady, 36 <laughs> years old, went on a date. Yeah, and after the show, they I'm pretty sure they continued on. I think there was a dalliance of some length. That's no good. That's that's not great news. Sort of ruined the innocence of the Brady Bunch from on. Well, if I'd known at the time, probably would have given us a bit more. Mm. But what you've done is you've lagged him in, and as um, Here's the, story. <laughs> the boys have been looking as, for it, as, as my as my Brady would say, no one likes a dipper dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, I noticed I was watching the. Uh, I saw it on social media. I didn't watch it because I was at the Wildcats. But uh, I saw um, uh, Damien Oliver appear on yep. the news last night playing golf. Yes, yeah, yeah. A very entrepreneurial. Uh, 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 Journalist, a media operator, rang us on the way to golf and said, Hey, mate, big fella, I know what you're doing. I'm just wondering if um, we could have a chat with your little mate. I said, Well, he's in, listening to you right now. Ask him. And so we were going in. We went to have a hit and um, I was on fire, Goss. On fire. Had to pull out around. Well, I got to you. I got to 13. 13, yeah. Pain too much. 13. Uh, and, and called it a day. Oh, no. So, uh, Did you drive for the rest? Uh, no, I didn't go in. I was in too much agony. I was in a lot of... St- oh. Which is why I'm a little bit hazy today. You're a little bit under the weather today. For those no, who don't know... I'm not under the weather. I'm just... No, uh, not under the weather as in as in hungover. Painkiller central. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, but they came out and had a chat with Ollie and <laughs> apparently, apparently it went something like this at the very end. Yeah, you know how they try and get grabs of your walking? They got him walking through the the the, the walkway there and... The and I, didn't, uh, I think it was, I think Lockie, Lockie sent Steve out. He sent out, sent out his minion to do, <laughs> to interview the number one jockey in Australia. Unacceptable, Lock. And, they, and the, Steve said, mate, do you reckon we could um, get a few more shots of you walking or maybe with a club in your hand or walking from the hole? And all oh, these, you know, I reckon you've got enough, mate. I'll see you later. No. Jumped the kids. We're on, let him going. So, yeah, they only got the one little walkway. Shot, but Ollie's in good form. He was hitting them well, and um, he'll ride well tomorrow. I'm excited about it. Simon Miller will join us because he's got missed. Now, this is I'm going to ask him a question. I hear I hear race callers and I hear race experts all say Miss Contecki, C O N T E K I. Contecki. I've always thought, albeit, 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 Contiki to her. Yes, yeah, is K O N T E K I. Yeah, right. Yeah. So forget about the first letter because that's irrelevant because yeah. they still said the same. It's all about the sound. Why are we calling Miss Contiki Miss Contiki? Because I reckon Simon Miller calls it Miss Contiki. Well, maybe did he spell it wrong when he submitted it? But it doesn't matter about the spelling. It's the way that the C and the yes. K are relevant. It's the O N T E K I. Correct. It's at Contiki. There's no double E. Oh, you pull not that out with him. Well, you know, you're me in the English language. Why, pedantic. 
I yeah. get it right. Yeah. Even though Nathan Driscoll. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah, first one that came to mind. Yeah. Well, you know the one that really. I used to. I used to do quiz nights. Used to host host them. Write them. I love quiz nights. Yeah, I like trivia and that sort of stuff. I enjoy them. I I like hosting them and I like writing the questions. Oh no, hate writing. Yeah, no, I like writing questions, but I hate being in the audience. Oh, because because it's a point. You know why? Because you got to. You know why? I know why. Because you got to work as a team. <laughs> oh, you don't reckon I've got team? Nah, not on a quiz night. If someone said, if someone went, you said A or B, you'd go, it's A, and they say, I think it's B, and that's ah, A. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's B. Oh, you're an idiot, and it's A. I would not be like you that's, would. That's that's, that's you stereo. Would. You're stereo. You're no, I'm not. You're stereotypicaling me. <laughs> that's what you're doing. <laughs> No, the one one that pops up. Oh, you wouldn't. I've got, yeah. I've got some for you. Now, get a pen. You got a pen and paper? Yeah. All right. I know you're not feeling great, but you can still listen. All right, here we go. Yep. Spell lackadaisical. Oh. Spell lackadaisical for me. Actually, Chris, Chris, and you too. Can you lower the music? Come in, please. All two of you. Out. This is a test for all of you. Yeah. Lois, in you come. Special K, grab a microphone each. Yeah, this is good. We've got no one at the controls. This could be really, really weird. We never, right, have, anyone, yeah. we never have anyone at the controls anyway, mate. <laughs> All right, mate. Speak when you're speaking to. There you go. Don't. Quiz night. So you, you, like, <laughs> already, already, you will not already give an answer. Got a pen and paper? Did you bring uh, your pen and paper in, children? And don't Google it. Are I won't got, Google it. I'll hey, write I'm not, it. No, 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 no. What are you doing? Yeah, I'll do the same. I'll write it on our Google Doc. Spell. Do you want to go first? Lackadaisical. Yes, you can go first, Lois. L A C. Good A start. D-A-I S You lost me there. A-C-A-L Yeah, you lost me. <laughs> it would be easier if you write it down. I reckon it's L-A-C-K. I don't think there's a K. I reckon there is. Okay. I'm backing myself. L-A-C-K. This is where it gets tricky. A. Lacquer. D. A. L A C K A D A I S I C A L I S I C It is it is easy when you write it down, isn't it? Which I didn't do. Very much easier. <laughs> Off the top of my head there. Spell lackadaisical. Scott. L A C K A D and I get A I S I C A A L. Is that what I said? It's an O L. O L. Nice. What do you? What did you? How did you spell it? Yeah, I said it. L A C K A D A I S I C A L. Is that right? You said about that same. I said there's no. I said there's no K. Definitely a K. Hundred percent a K. Spelling of lackadaisical is L A C K A D A I S I C A L. Oh, so there isn't. I'm the king. I A. So it does end in I A L. Get out. Yeah, of course it does. Back into your box, you two. So what did I say? Oh well. Damn it! But a lot of people spell it with a. With, they say laxadaisical. They do, and that they kills me. Laxa. They go laxadaisical, which is incorrect. Spell chrysanthemum. Chrysanthemum. Oh. T-H-M-U-M. N-U-M, sorry. Yes, no, I'll show it by you. Way off. Did you see the uh, <laughs> National Spelling Bee champions met the Prime Minister the other day? So that's why you're doing this, eh? <laughs> there you go. You get something a little I'm different every day. <laughs> Scotty, <laughs> this has hurt his head massively. Yeah, Bell's going to join us after 6 a.m. We have a spelling bee with Billy.
We're going to have a, a Bellingby. Oh, that's good. <laughs> hey, did you see the see the yesterday the 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 on the road and the traffic and the at the update we got on the text line? Yeah. And yeah. the boxes all fell down, the yeah, big vapor rubs, yeah, but there was no yeah, congestion. Yeah, it was great. See, it went viral on... Get it? It went viral? <laughs> <laughs> on social? I'm really not far from walking out. Hey, I'm 8 o'clock, the Wildcats show, and we're going to be speaking with Damien Martin. Marto. Because Damien Martin, can I just make mention to all of us here, actually, breaking news. Thank you very much. Don't tell me they're having another one. They could have... Cancer Care, pink game. Damien Martin, how many yep. titles has he won? Six. Yeah. Captain of the Wildcats? Yeah. One of the most inspirational people? Defensive player of the year, six times. Is he not just rusted on Wildcat? Yeah. Oh. Forgot his pink shirt yesterday. Mm. Rocked up, no pink whatsoever. Not a single and I know, pink. I know, Damo, he'd have a fair bit of pink in the cupboard. <laughs> There's Kim Hunter walking oh, his uh, French uh, Bulldogs. There's Kim Hunter. Very, very stupid indeed. And you know what the other thing is with Damo? Um, he's always happy, always happy, to the point where when he was interviewing everyone up post-game last night, he was really happy and pumping up the 36s and smiling. How does he do that? He's generally happy for everyone who does well, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I think he's more happy when he's not in the studio with Hayes because Hayes can drag you down. It is 20 past six. Whackity whack whack. Wins the, uh, the media, awards. media awards. Yeah, well, let me tell you, I don't know. but the so, <laughs> I, I don't know, but we have nominated him for a couple of awards. Fair enough, too. The Christian Medal, which is like the Brownlow. Yeah, but bigger but than the voted on by people who know. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Other media oh. blokes don't always know. <laughs> November 25. Did you know we're one month out from? Sure, that'll be... No, Christmas. No. <laughs> Jesus' birthday. Yeah. Uh, you, I thought... Spell Jesus's. Jesus's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what does that mean? Make it three months from your birthday or something? Just right? No. So, yes, it is. It's yeah. actually... Three months. If that's what you wanted. And two days. Ah, oh, there we are. So, so on Sunday, if anyone, right. if you're out in the garden and you look at the date and you see that it's the 27th, just know. Who's got a date in the calendar? In the garden? <laughs> what do you mean? You're out in the garden and you go, oh, I remember I planted that calendar over there. It's the 27th. What? Zero four eight seven seven three six. Show's confusing seven, me. Today. Oh, the show is massively confusing. Thirteen twelve fifty five. Tookie Depot open line. Peter Bell just turned around and gone back home. Yeah. He realised he's coming to the wrong station. Oh, what is Simon this? Miller, Nick O'Hearn, whole lot more. Stay with us. Plenty more to come on this day, which I believe, I believe, <laughs> is one of our best. Ooh. So we've. I reckon there's been a resurrection. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, BT. Get I your th- questions in for Belly if you wanted to ask. Uh, want us to ask Belly a question? Let us know. <laughs> Uh, hey, what's the number? 0487 736 736. Where if they call? Well, they can call 131255. Birthdays, events, and some of the great moments in history. It's on this day. All right, Lois, it's you and me, baby. Scotty, sit back and enjoy this. Special case, stay out of it. We've only so. got two minutes to get through this. this is Noel Neal uh, was born on this day in 1920. Faster than a speeding bullet. It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, 
Steele. She actually played Lois Lane. <laughs> I thought it was Noel. <laughs> it's Noel Neal. Hey, Percy Sledge was born on this day in 1940. Passed away in 2015, of course. That was his big hit from 1966. Bob Lind only had one big hit, also in 66. Um, it's his birthday today. He's still going strong. He lives in Baltimore. I chase the bright elusive butterfly. You might have heard my... Uh, the old elusive butterfly, hey, Bobby Lind. Kerry O'Keefe, the skull is 73. Out, Kerry? Oh, definitely out. Only Bob Marley could find grass in that. <laughs> Oh, Imran Khan, who got shot at, of course, as Pakistan Prime Minister and the leader over there. Imran Khan is 70 today, superstar all-rounder. Recommend to Imran. Oh, that's a big shot. It's hit high in the air, going down towards extra cover, and they won't get that one. Into the crowd. What a shot. Uh, he's 70 today, of course. Amy Grant is 62. Now, she was only 17 when she produced the very first contemporary Christian album. She had a massive hit in the Australian charts in 1991. Vince Gill. Vince Gill? No. He's now playing in the Eagles band. John F. Kennedy was born on this day in 1960. Scott Cam, your favourite from the block? Yep. He's 60 today. You actually... You and him look oh, yeah. dissimilar. Oh, yeah, called him quite Do a you bit. really? It's yeah. like Hutchie and Lockie Reed get confused as yeah. well. 58 today, Tim Friedman. Australian singer, of course, from the Whitlams. I'm talking about Tim Friedman. Uh, Nikki Buckley, no relation to Nathan. He's 57. All on the world's richest quiz. Sale of the century. Why that shortly, though? But please, welcome Nikki Buckley. So, she was the... the, uh, She turned around the things. The squares. The squares. squares. No, the famous... That's Will Forge. The famous (laughs) famous faces. Christina Applegate, 51. She's terrific. Was. Let's be harsh. Love and marriage. Love and marriage. Go together like a horse and carriage. This, I tell you. Peter Siddle was 38, the banana reader. Here we go. Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. Taylor, Tubby, Taylor. Hey, in 1867, I thought Alfred Nobel was the Nobel Peace Prize. Is that the same bloke? It is, isn't it? So he's the Nobel Peace Prize, but he also painted this. Dynamite. <laughs> Did he? That's a contradiction. Peace Prize There's and dynamite. peaceful about that. Alfred Nobel. No wonder people went quiet no, and blew him up. Yes, another one. That's his brother. No idea. Hey, uh, Band-Aid on this day. They wrote this. Day. They went in a well, month out. off and everyone went in, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did. Huge. A month out from Christmas. The Bodyguard was opened in cinemas in 1992. And I will 
love Whitney. Love Whitney. Used to be much for me right now. <laughs> that one was a bit high. The Wiggles became the first group on this day to appear in America's famous Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York in 2001. Hot potato, hot, hot potato. Hot potato, what were most hot of the potato. Wiggles? They were in a band before hot they became the Wiggles. What was the name of the band? No idea. Cockroaches. That's a fact. Doesn't surprise me. I have heard that before. Just couldn't think of it. On this day in 2001, Stuart Appleby did this. And Stuart Appleby is our champion. What a mighty performance after opening with a round of 69, 70, 67. And sadly, on this day, November 25 in 2014, Australian cricket, of course, well, uh, it happened at the SCG, of course. I'm talking about Philip Hughes. He was struck on the neck by a ball. He went to hospital and sadly passed away two days later. Some highlights of what was a career cut short, tragically, Philip Hughes. November 25, on this day, news is next. Peter Bell after 6.30. One away from what would be a maiden 100 in Test Match cricket. So. Time to get a sports update with our man, Special K, Chris Clefurnis, and more thanks to Kraken, the uh, Start Your Crypto journey with Kraken. And, of course, they are the sponsor of the coverage of our FIFA World Cup Qatar. Yes, they are. Good morning. Cristiano Ronaldo made history last night, the first male player to score in five World Cup. Cups in Portugal's opening game in Qatar against Ghana. Penaldo scored from the penalty spot in the 65th minute. Elsewhere, Uruguay and South Korea played out to a nil-all draw. Switzerland just edged past Cameroon 1-0. And in the late game, a brace from Tottenham star Richarlison secured Brazil a 2-0 win over Serbia. His second goal was extraordinary, probably the goal of the tournament. This is Junior again. Richarlison! Um, Cameroon paying like $19 or something yesterday when we when you gave us the odds and Goss said, well, I really like I like Cameroon. Something about Cameroon I really like. And he lost 1-0. Yeah. Ridiculous yeah. odds. Still lost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Martin Tyler there with the commentary for SBS. Yeah. Doing great work, Is right? He? Bit okay. past it, maybe? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not I'm saying I much prefer the Saudi Arabian commentary for when they scored against Argentina. <laughs> Martin's got to bring some of this out, I reckon. Elsewhere, of course, in the cricket yesterday as we wrap up, uh, WA extended their lead at the top of the Sheffield Shield with a 133-run win over New South Wales. And in the Royal Queensland, Minwoo Lee, seven under Jason Scrivener, seven seven under midway through the second round of the PGA Championship. Peter Bell joins us next. And don't forget, you can get all the scores courtesy of Kraken, the FIFA World Cup update, your secure crypto partner. Get in the game at kraken.com. Broadcast sponsor of SEN's coverage. A break. Peter Bell, all your questions, 13, 12, 55, or 0487 736 736. We're going to ask him plenty. He's next. Free Christmas. 
Peter Bell is in the studio, Executive General Manager of Football from the Fremantle Football Club. Thanks for coming in. No problem. It's great to be here. Where are you at as a footy club for pre-season training? Who's back on track? I've had uh, a lot of players uh, down training um, through the break. This year, a little bit different. Last year, they were a captive audience, stuck in Western Australia like the rest of us. So uh, I think the general feeling was, oh, we've got nothing else to do. We might as well train. This year, it's been great. The players have been able to explore the world and get out there and do what young people should be able to do if they're fortunate enough to be in that position. But uh, they've trained hard. There's been a lot to come through the club. Um, But officially, uh, Monday uh, is D-Day for the first two um, uh, four-year players and then the following Monday, the five-plus. But we've had a, a, a fairly strong... Um, contingent through already. Speaking to AFL coaches and, and similar positions of yourself held at other clubs, it is a real frustration of, of coaches with the lack of uh, access they get to players under the players bargaining agreement and, and the and the way that is. Can players just rock up to the club and just train? Yep. yep. And they just wear civvies. They're not yep. sort of attached. Well, to they them. can wear. They can wear what they want. Um, if they want to wear the club kit. They can wear club kit. Oh, well, they can if they want to, but they generally turn up in their, their civvies and the basketball singlets yeah, and yeah, like yeah. all that sort of gear, yeah. Yeah. express themselves individually, uh, uh, uh. Uh, which is great. It, it is a long time that the, the players get off. I mean, the, the senior players come back uh, December 5, I think it is. Right. Then we break for Christmas, mandated three-week break as well. So you're only back for two weeks, and then there's another three weeks. The flip side of that is they look after themselves really well. Um, the days of the old leave period, Scotty, you well, and we I might have let ourselves go just a little bit. Well, we, let, we were allowed eight weeks, weren't <laughs> we? We had an eight-week yeah. holiday, and that was it, yep. and that, and which was, in my case, probably the, a good thing. <laughs> but it, when you say that, the, the average punter on the street gets, you know, the four weeks. So yeah. I think they're, they're well looked after, the players. It is a tough year, has it the grind of it, um, and they do look after themselves now. So um, they, they turn up in pretty good nick. I was listening this morning to, to Kane and Sammy Edmund on Corn. SEN, uh, Corn on 11.16 SEN, and one boat rang up and said, can you believe it that uh, Jake Stringer's in the injured group at Essendon already? Oh, I know. That would have set Corn right off. He said, well, I'm not too sure exactly what his response was. Uh, what, fitness. He may have had an off-season operation or whatever it is. Um, Nat Fife, where in the world is he at the moment? Uh, well, I, I'm not exactly sure uh, right now. Uh, last I heard, he, he was doing a pretty uh, intensive training block in the States. So Andrew Brasher was there with him? Yeah, yeah. I think they might have done some training together, plus played a bit of golf and whatever else um, young people do in the in the US at the moment. But uh, Nat, as we all know, does love to go to some far-flung dust destinations, so... <laughs> Doing his own thing. Uh, we we said we said you may have said, and I think I might have supported you. We think it was a handover, don't we? The captaincy handover. Oh, yeah, they they show with, hands on the tee. Oh, if yeah, you put this one, if you outdrive me and down the middle, <laughs> you, you can have the, you're the captain. All right. Well, from a golf perspective, and Fifey won't mind me saying this, I think Andy's got that covered. <laughs> <laughs> Is he bad at something? Uh, well, I wouldn't say he's bad at it, but um, I think Andy's pretty, yeah, pretty handy. I think Rachel yeah. spent a lot of time on the yeah. golf course. What is the situation with the captaincy, may we ask? Uh, well, um, yeah, that'll be something that we'll, we'll, we'll look at with Nathan. We, we think that. Um, uh, he's got a lot of good footy in front of him, and his and his body's great. Um, he, he needed a rest, but um, look, that, that's something that uh, we'll, we'll talk with Nathan about, and um, and we'll decide with him what um, what uh, he he thinks best, we thinks best. Um, uh, we've got to have those conversations. Uh, there's the whole preseason to go through that. Uh, King goals, Valley. That's going to be uh, crucial, yep. and uh, probably something that I reckon was the only thing last year that. That could have been improved midfield. Yeah. Sensational, backward, yeah. sensational. Um, 
there's one player that we, we keep talking about and we keep having a crack at him is Josh Tracy. Where is he at? Is he, has he started training? And yep. is this the year where he goes, okay, I'll get it because I need to work harder? Because all reports are he hasn't got that yet. Um, last year, he he did work hard in the in the in the leave period, and then he, he had a little bit of the groin stuff that young players can can get. So he missed a massive chunk of the the preseason, and then you're sort of chasing your tail a little bit when you haven't done the the preseason, particularly as a young player. You haven't had that bank of seven or eight preseasons yeah. in a row. So he was uh, chasing his tail a little bit, and, and it impacted his performance during the year. We believe um, he's done the work again. He's a really important player for us, so we're hoping that he can get some Could real be. continuity over the preseason. Uh, that'll set him up for a big year. Um, he's still a very young man. I think he's you know twenty twenty one years of age, so he's got time, but he. He's a young man in a hurry, like most of them, and, and he's an important player given some of the departures we've had from the from the club. What about Luke Jackson? Am I the only person that thinks he can play, could be a sensational forward? I know he doesn't even think so himself. I know he wants to be up the ground and that sort of thing, but I, I see him as a real answer. I reckon he could be a forward. It is interesting. We'll definitely True play him. We'll, we'll definitely play him um, a, a large proportion forward. Clearly, he's going to do some ruck work as yeah. well and, and, and maybe even some midfield, uh, uh, which, we've, which we've spoken about, but he'll spend a lot of time forward. Uh, it is interesting, statistically, he, he does uh, win one-on-ones a lot as a forward um, for a few different reasons. And look, far be it from me to to, to, to criticise Melbourne and the way that they play, given the success they've had. They do play, when they go inside 50, quite a, a narrow sort of um, entry, that they'll go narrow to the pockets a lot. And Luke did find himself as that tall on the other side of um, the 50, if you like. So he didn't get used maybe as much as other clubs might look to use their key forward. So we'll try and give him a lot of one-on-ones. And, yeah, we think he can mark it and, and kick some goals. What do you hope to get out of the draft? Because you you, you don't you're not involved early. You've obviously you've had to get Jackson in. O'Meara's a great pickup. I think Corbett's going to be fantastic as well. Where do you sit in regards to what you're thinking? And really, are you just going to sit there and let it play out in front of you? And then what's available, you take. Yeah, have to at, at pick thirty. Um, it, <laughs> people want to play around and work out which players are going to be available after you know twenty nine other clubs have had a selection. That they'd be doing well to narrow it down. <laughs> uh, the, the cliche, and, and it is an appropriate cliche. You say best available. Of course, that's what you're going to be doing um, for the most part in the draft. That's what almost every selection is. But uh, with a few further back, we would like... uh, David Walls and his team have done a great job with this. We've identified some taller players, um, whether that be, you know, it might be key defenders or um, might be some some young developing rucks, perhaps, that we're interested in. We don't know if they're going to be available, um, but they're they're the... Types of players we might look at. In regards to rucks, I'm interested by this. Of course, there's, there's the, the you chat- have a young developing one. Yeah, because I'm concerned that now Meek's gone, you don't have a ready mate. And stand corrected, Tracy could probably do a bit of rucking, but that's not really his shtick. But yep. when you don't have, if Jackson and Darcy, and dare I say, it, one goes down, are your ruck socks a bit thin? Yeah, probably. So we, we, we might look to, um, I mean, it's interesting you bring up uh, Tracy. There, there'd be the ability for him to do some forward 50 ruck work. Uh, there's one or two others that we, we might look at. Um, the other thing that we are um, looking at is is keeping a list spot open, Goss. Um, so maybe trialling some players, okay. train on over the, over the pre-season. And maybe there's a more established ruck 
or two who might get an opportunity to come down and, and just see how they slot into a program. Uh, and we're talking about a more mature player there. Now, I'm not saying that's definitely got to happen, but that's something that we're open to as well. Belly, I reckon last year was, uh, I know you uh, Fremantle made a grand final before, uh, but I reckon last year was the best footy Fremantle's ever played. It was exciting to watch as well. Um, as I said, back half, this is rock solid, midfield exciting. It, it seems to be in a, in great in a great spot right now. Why did so many people want out? I think that uh, you know individ- individual circumstances there, Scotty. Um, Cash. Look, I, I think. Well, uh, I mean, it's part of it. I, I, I would assume yeah. as well. Um, in, interestingly, I think with, we can take Darcy Tucker out of the situation. I think that uh, with Darcy, um, he had he had committed a lot over his time. It wasn't really working for Darcy, and we had tried him in a few different areas, wing, inside, half back, and he just wasn't getting the momentum and uh, things going in his career. And so we had a, we had a great. Well, it was a difficult conversation, but a great conversation with him where we both agreed, you know what, I, th- I think it's the best thing for you to try uh, to get a fresh start start again. Um, and plus he had a, a family pull. His partner had, had uh, received a gig back in, in Melbourne as well. So it just made sense. So um, absolutely f- fine with that one. Um, you know, Griff was a, was a difficult one to lose. He, he's very much a part of our, what we thought was our best um, 23. Um, clearly he saw more himself as a defender than and we see we saw him as that um for the right matchups as well but with Alex and Brennan going um consistently we were finding it hard to get that mix so um North Melbourne put a, an attractive offer in front of Griff and, and maybe the the promise of and the lure of playing more in defense um uh, was able to um, oh, well, secure busy, him. He'll be busy there. Yep. <laughs> and um, and look, lobby, lobby. There'd been a bit of noise around lobby for yeah, a while yeah, there, yeah, so yeah. there was yeah. no surprises that he, he wanted to go. That's well. exhausting. Lob. The, the interesting thing, um, which which all all and and which all the players acknowledged, um, you know, they they will be difficult to replace in some sense because they all had career best years last year. So that that was a bit strange that after career best years you decide you want to go somewhere mm. else. Uh, a question, a couple of questions uh, on the text. One is, um, when does Josh Carr come back to the club? <laughs> I'm still waiting because <laughs> he comes and goes more yeah, than anyone yeah, I know yeah, as a well, player and as a coach. Well, like, uh, well, uh, I think uh, yours truly would be rivaling him for yeah, back and forth bit, from from the club. So, um, uh, look, it, it's a good opportunity for Josh. Um, his his uh, partner is from South Australia. Obviously, they got uh, the the young children there and support network and everything else. And um, and clearly, he's he's got a connection to Port Adelaide as well. Did you handle the oh. Trent Cooper departure and the replacement? Uh, that part of your, part of it, yeah. part of it. So yeah. where are you at in regards to a women's coach? Yeah, we would like to um, uh, cast the net over the next couple of weeks and identify a shortlist, and and we'd like to get that going before Christmas. We don't want to that you don't go with forward with a coach, but you don't have a replacement. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, straight away, yeah. Uh, really, you think? Yeah, you do. so I would say most time. Well, I stand. Most people have something sorted. When you've you got yeah. something. You've got a replacement on the, in the wings. Going okay. You know, look, yeah, look. Yeah. We've got to free oh, up so the spot first. Some might find that um, unusual, but uh, yeah, we, we we did it a different way. We we wanted to review the season. Uh, within that review, we made the decision that the, the Trent wasn't the man moving forward. Um, and then yeah, it was about now getting the best available, and we'll cast the net wide and see what we can come up with. Now your name was mentioned, and, and the mail is very oh. strong that Simon Lloyd is going from Geelong to North. Melbourne as the CEO. Now, your name was mentioned. Now, have you... Tough questions this morning. Yeah. You just come in and have a chat about the draft and now we're... Nah. 
<laughs> yeah, so we, have you we, been to Singapore for a leadership course yes, recently? I have. Yeah, okay, yeah. Why did yeah. you go there for the leadership course? <laughs> why, why, why did I go to Singapore? For the but, leadership course. Because that's where the leadership course was held. <laughs> what did you get out of it? Uh, ask? Quite a bit, actually. Um, number one, I got to mix with some really diverse people that I, I, would, I would, would barely ever mix with. And that, that was something I was looking for to learn about their leadership experiences. We're talking about people um, involved at, at pretty senior positions through, you know, in Europe, through the Middle East, through Singapore, Hong Kong, um, mm. a few other Australians as well. So looking for the diversity and, and just some formal leadership um, education. Uh, in, in football, you have a really firm idea of... Um, leadership and, and how it applies in a football sense, but that's different from how other big, a lot really big businesses um, operate their leadership. So sort of trying to learn off each other. Uh, a couple more. Sam Naismith, who we spoke to, of course, uh, Sydney Swans, three knee recons, 30 games in 10 years, got issues, but he's keen to get back into a system, was a grand final player, Bulldogs, Sydney Swans. Had uh, Would he be, and he's keen to get to WA, his partners, yeah. West Australia. Yeah. Is yeah, he got, on your sort of train on? Yeah, got a, got a lot of talent, obviously. Yeah. And I, I think it's a risk. I think obviously. clubs want to see him just have a bit of continuity yeah. uh, with all the injuries that he's had. His talent's undeniable. Can so. you get him to peel? Does that help you? <laughs> um, look, look, that'd be a um, that'd be a question for Peel. Matty Rosa can handle field that one, of course. <laughs> but um, look, the, look. Without committing to Sam, these are all the options that potentially we might look at um, uh, in that in that ruck space. But um, I think everyone would like to see him play a bit of footy. What is the plan in the draft, mate? Uh, what can you tell us? Yep. I, mean, I mean, most clubs know. You've got an idea of the clubs in front of you, who they're going to pick, aren't yep. you? So we'd have we'd have look. We've got to go through. I've actually got a, a meeting with Wolsey um, later this morning to go. They've been away. Bunkered away, coming up with a final sort of order. So there'd be, there'd be. Um, be the sort of bloke that says, "Hey, Valley, um, I need to take my team, and we need maybe a retreat, maybe down Portsea, oh, Sorrento well, way." And they, they went to a. They went to one, of, one of the teams got a farm somewhere, so yeah. I'm, I'm thinking yeah. that uh, yeah, there was a bit of work done and maybe a bit of socialising yeah. as well, yeah. mixing it up. You'll get um, voices for Firewood <laughs> and uh, Dan Murphy. We'd have three or four. Uh, we'd have three or four that we'd be thinking would be available at that first pick thirty. Um, hoping that um, you know at least one or two of them might be there, and then further back, uh, we might look to sort of address some of those um, needs that we spoke about earlier. But again, that's out of our hands. Peter, this is more a statement than a question. Peter, mm, well, form, well <laughs> very formal. Well, serious comes, now. I've been challenged on the text from yeah, Pat from Vic Park. I like it. Tell Belly what you think. <laughs> And I said, I think the window of winning a premiership right now is you're in it. I have yeah. no doubt Fremantle is in it, and I've said that all along. But I reckon there's eight teams trying to get through that window at the same time, and that's yep. why I reckon it's a really tough time to win a flag, and your squad has been designed to, to win that in the next couple of years. West Coast are way down the train. I believe West Coast, if you don't get through that window in the next couple of years, West Coast could... Well, that's that's the cycle of footy. Yeah, for sure. So, look, we we, we think we're, we're building. We think we've got an opportunity. They are really hard to win, and a lot of a lot's got to go right for you. Mm, yeah. uh, look, we, we clearly we haven't won one, but we we feel like we've got a really good nucleus of young players that got to going to take us a long way. Uh, that doesn't guarantee us anything. We've got to get to work. We've got to uh, win games. We've got to get a bit of luck go our way as well. But we want to be up there for a sustained period of time. And like you say, Goss, if 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 we're able to win one 
or we aren't. We've got to make smart decisions to make sure that we just don't fall off a cliff. Mm. We don't want to be back there again like we were at the end of, you know, the start of 16 and, and around that time. And that means you're probably going to have to make really tough decisions um, to make sure that you're regenerating as you go along. And there's been good examples of clubs that have been able to do that. What's the hardest thing about your role, Billy? Delisting players and letting staff go. Uh, COVID compliance was, was difficult as well. Even it didn't said, take long to think about that. Did it was, I? Uh, it was uh, even said it in a nice way too, uh, <clears throat> delisting players and letting staff go, so sacking people. Yep, yep. Well, yeah. It, That's what you're doing. It is, it is, and you have to do it every year. Every year. Now I've got your attention. I want to play this. I want to play this. This popped up on my socials. I don't know when this happened. Did this happen recently or is this 10 years old? 10 years ago. This is Vontae Davis when he walked into a meeting. <laughs> but, but this is... No, you still get cancelled. But have a listen to this. This is Vontae Davis who was playing... Playing with the Dolphins, I think, yeah. at the time. He, him sitting down. Have a listen to where at least they say, what's the first thing you want to do? He talks about his grandmother. Have a listen. Okay, so the, the rumor is true, okay? Uh, we just traded you, okay? We traded you to the Indianapolis Colts, all right? So, um, you okay? No, I'm going to call my grandmother. You can call your grandmother? Yeah. Okay, this hasn't, this hasn't hit the papers or anything like that. Okay, well, why don't we just do, why don't we do a little business first, okay, before you call Grandma, okay? There's a little bit of urgency because you got a storm coming. They probably want to get you on a plane here pretty quickly, okay? okay? Now, listen, you know, Monte, you kind of up and down, you know. We, we, you know, we got to get it to where it's just a little small wave where the consistency level is is more consistent. And uh, before you become a great, which I think you have the ability to be, you got to you got these waves got to be a lot smaller, okay? And that's what that's what so that's Vontae Davis being told ten years what, ago. It was what, yesterday. What that, about the fact that they go? I, um, we've just tried you. <laughs> And this is where you're going. Is that how straightforward the meetings can be? Uh, at, at times, most most of the time, it shouldn't be a surprise to the player, so that it's not yeah. just completely hits them from nowhere. They've they've got a fair idea what's coming, and there's conversations with uh, their managers along the way. So the, the days of a, the player being completely blindsided, in my experience, are mm-hmm. gone. Um, but it doesn't make it any. They know it's coming. But when you say the words, you can see it hit yeah. them. And they know it's coming. It's, it's an extraordinary you know, you, you, you've thing. You've always yeah. got that 10% in the back of yeah, hope. Yeah, in the back I, of maybe, your mind maybe I've got it wrong. Yeah. Maybe there's been a late backflip yeah, yeah. or something like that. Going to their locker after would be, that would be yeah, hard. Yeah, it's hard. Um, yeah, sometimes players yeah. don't want to do that and they'll just want to leave straight away, which we understand. And then we have people, you know, pack up their locker for them and, and look after them. Yeah. That's, that's tough going. That is it the is. downside. Horrible. Job. Uh, last one, are you pleased that Ross Lyons back in the fray? I think it's great that he's got an opportunity. So I think the footy world is really looking uh, on with interest. Um, he's got a bit of the, the band, the St Kilda band back together. Um, so, um, you know, it was tough on Brett Ratton, wasn't it? But I see he got a gig yesterday as well, which is great. Um, but I think particularly Fremantle people will also be watching on with interest. How, I think how J-Lo will be watching on with interest. Yeah. At, at St Kilda. <laughs> well, whether Ross wants to come back here eventually. <laughs> he's done it before. <laughs> I, I think, I think J-Hall's J- pretty secure. I, he's, he's super. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to seeing what J-Lo J- and, and Fremantle can do over the next couple of years. And I think Fremantle fans are as well. Billy, we appreciate you coming in. I know. So, so do you get a break? Uh, I've well had the week studying, you know. With uh, Chris, Christmas is my time to take a little bit How of a break. Uh, no, good, good three weeks, oh, maybe, well. maybe a little bit longer. So what are you? Yeah, don't, your phone will still <laughs> don't, your cry, phone. don't cry for me. I'll go, I, I'll go all right. Don't worry yeah, about your, it. It's all right. Your phone will still be on. Yeah, and always on, always on. At what stage when the phone? What time of day or night? <laughs> yeah, generally well, night. Yeah. When the phone rings, is it? 
Anything after 9pm. Anything after 9? Yeah, 9pm, there's a palpitation. That's early. And if you're asking the senior coach any call that I make on a Sunday morning before 9am, is a bad call. That's a bad call. Before 9am on a Sunday and probably after 9pm. Do you know what I do? I always text him beforehand if I'm going to ring him and it's not bad news and say, I'm going to ring you in a minute. Don't be alarmed. It's just it's just an administrative or operational thing. Just to let him let him relax. Very good by you. Guys. Thanks for coming. No in. Worries, Peter Bell joining us, of course, uh, from the Fremantle Football Club, Executive General Manager of Football. We appreciate him coming in. Just quickly before we go to the news, breaking news. Might have declared this in Tim Gossip too. Martin Guptill, who's uh, stepped away from his New Zealand cricket contract, has joined the Melbourne Renegades for the Big Bash. Yeah. But that means Faf Plessis looks like he might be coming to the Scorchers. So probably. Yeah. So we'll go with that anyway. Uh, well, we're running late for news, but we uh, only get one little well, moment. Anyway, yes, Belly. Yeah, Belly. And we appreciate his uh, honesty and frankness right there. Executive General Manager of Football. And thanks for your questions and thanks for Belly for coming in. It's two past seven. <laughs> show so far. Let's go to Queensland. Royal Queensland Golf Club Australian PGA Championship. Great news. WA's Jason Scriven, a friend of the show. Eight under through 11 of the second round. Johnny Lyris is also eight under. Minwoo Lee's on the course. He's played 12. He's got himself to seven under. Sinnott, Quayle, Hillier, Kalmura, Cameron John and Adam Scott yet to tee off. That takes care of the current scores, but let's now talk about the event itself and a bit more on golf with Nick O'Hearn. Of course, he's all part of Off the Tee on SEN, and he's also involved in the coverage of this wonderful tournament up there at Royal Queensland. Nick, appreciate your time. Good to be on course. Uh, you do a great job on the on the current tour of Australian golf, but uh, it's great to be on course right there amongst the action. Yeah, yeah, we're right on site this week at Royal Queensland, and um, yeah, we uh, go for a wander every now, every now and then, have a look at the players uh, out on the golf course. So nice to be up close and personal. Just in general terms, this is a nice field, isn't it? Of course, we've got the PGA Championship uh, this week, and then we've got the Australian Open. But I was just talking to someone the other day, and they said, "Oh, who are some of the names that jump off the page for you?" Well, I'm a European golf nuffy, but you know, Moronk of Poland is a very good player. The Hoygaard brothers are very good players. There's a lot of Japanese. There's even a couple of from. Spain as well. It's a really good field, along with some wonderful Australians and great West Australians. Yeah, well, we've obviously got the best we- uh, best Aussies uh, playing this week in Cam Smith, uh, Adam Scott, Minwoo Lee. Uh, who else? We got Lucas Herbert. You name it. And then, as you, those names you mentioned, I mean, they're all potential Ryder Cup players, really. So it's it's one of the strongest fields you know we've seen in Australia for quite a long time. And then next week. At the Australian Open as well, we've got the women coming down with a lot of major champions there. So, you know, Minji Lee and Hannah Green. So, can't wait, uh, can't wait for the finale of this week and also into uh, next week down in Melbourne. Yeah, very much so. We're midway through round two, and you talk about Scott. We also talk about Leishman. Obviously, a lot of attention on on Cam Smith. Um, just tell us a bit about the focus and what's it like there. You know, back in Queensland, he's made the move to the Live Tour. Um, still, no shortage of love for Cam Smith. Is he the, the hot property? Oh, definitely no shortage. I mean, um, you know, in the first round yesterday morning, they teed off at six o'clock. It was him and Scotty and Ryan Fox, and the crowds were enormous. I mean, there was people everywhere. It actually, if anything, the crowds petered out as the day went on. So 
they all rose early to watch their favourite Queensland sun. And, I mean, when you get given the keys to the city, I guess uh, you must be pretty popular. So uh, definitely no shortage of uh, support for him this week. Yeah, and he does tee off at 9 o'clock Perth time, 11 o'clock your time, uh, after cutting a 68, uh, a three-under round. How did he hit them? How did uh, a couple of, especially from yesterday, those ones that we're looking forward to seeing go out uh, this afternoon? How, uh, uh, did the stars shine for the best part? Oh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, he got off to a bit of a slow start, Cameron. Maybe it was a bit of jet lag or whatever coming in. But uh, plus, you know, I think he said he woke up at 2.45 for his 6 a.m. tea time. So that's an early uh, wake-up call, that's for sure. But uh, he came home strong. You know, he birdied three of his last four holes to shoot that, uh, that, that 68. But Adam Scott was the reverse. He got off to a flyer and... Uh, and sort of finished where, struggled a bit in the middle, I guess, with a couple of bogeys, but ended up shooting a five under 66 yesterday. And, I'm, you know, those guys, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them light it up today. Same with Minwoo Lee. I mean, he's, uh, you know, just an absolute star in the making, that young man. Yeah, no doubt. And as we mentioned, uh, that Jason Scrivener also had a wonderful day yesterday, round of 65. We spoke to him on the show leading into the tournament. And, uh, you know, he, he hasn't had the best of finishes. I think I think Portugal might have been a slight sort of um, improvement for him. So he looks like he's continuing on the on the upside of it. I'm interested to know that it's a $2 million tournament and the Australian Open next week's a $1.7 million tournament. I, I, I can't get my head around that for some reason. I always thought the Australian Open was the one that a golfer would want to win and that would be attracting the bigger purse? That is a good question and one I don't know the answer to, to be honest. But I think it has something to do with uh, the fact that the uh, women are playing the Australian Open at the same time. So so if you actually look at the purse, the women are playing the same as the men. So it's a $3.4 million tournament if you look at it in those terms. So it is a bigger in in total prize money, but individually, yeah, it's a little bit different. But I think at this level, you know, whether it's $2 million, $1.5 million, $2.5 three and a half, whatever, I think, you know, they're really just playing for the titles anyway. The money um, obviously is going to help some of the lesser-known players, but for these top players, it's really all about hoisting the trophy at the end of the week. Speaking of some of the lesser-known players, I keep an eye on a lot of the Australians, none more so than yourself, of course, in regards to keeping an eye on the talent pool. What is the talent pool like at that youth level. I mean, we, we have a number of West Australians that we follow. Uh, Hayden Hopewell, um, Braden Becker had a good year, a breakout year last year. And just tell us a bit about some of the other golfers, not just West Australians, but other golfers, young Australians who are trying to make their mark uh, or wait, first and foremost in Australia and then on the bigger tours. Yeah, I mean, the, the amateur programs, obviously, in Australia are, are second to none, really, with the high-performance programs that they've instituted. There's a couple of young young players, especially uh, from New South Wales, Harrison Crow, who recently won the Pan Pacific Amateur Championship. He also won the New South Wales Open last year as an amateur, uh, beating all the pros. So he's really one to look out for, and he's just got an invite for the Masters and the British Open next year because of winning that Pan Pacific Amateur. And then the other one I really think is a standout, and kind of reminds me a bit of Cam Smith in a way is uh, Jeffrey Wan, who um, mm. uh, he's been doing really well on the amateur scene, traveling all over the world. He actually won the Players uh, Championship in the US, the, the junior version, which Cam Smith won the senior version, obviously, last year. So from all reports, you know, Ewan Porter does a lot of the coverage. He has massive wraps on this, uh, on, on young Jeffrey. So we'll look out for those two names for sure. Well, uh, yourself and I, and maybe throwing Greg Chalmers, three of the great left-handed golfers out of Western Australia. Uh, <laughs> Nick, are there any good lefties coming through from the, on Australian ranks or world ranks that you keep an eye out? And, you know, the left-handers club, are you, you know, have any one sort of uh, new members that you should be a part of it? 
Oh, I'm always looking out for these lefties. I mean, there's Elvis Smiley, you know, yes. obviously the, uh, the son of Liz and Peter Smiley, the tennis player. So he's, uh, you know, tall, lean, very much like uh, yourself there, Tim, with a beautiful golf swing. So. <laughs> Not so lean nowadays, Nick. Thank you very much. I'll take uh, yeah. it as a compliment. <laughs> Me either, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> no, he's uh, he, he's got a bright future ahead of him, that's for sure. And it's, he's just sort of taken a bit of a backward step after getting, you know, having a really good first year out here in Australia. But uh, he'll find his feet again and get going. Another young player, Zinho Garcia, we're seeing quite a lot of him at the moment as well. An outstanding young player. But uh, the other guy, I mean, who's making a massive resurgence as a lefty is Richard Green. He's he's at the other end of the spectrum. He's, uh, you know, winning the Australian PGA Seniors Championship. He won the New South Wales Senior and I believe over in the US, he just won the first stage of Champions Tour qualifying by 12 strokes. So wow. he's just killing it at the moment. And uh, if he can get through that final stage in the US over there, look out for Richard. There'll be a lefty on the screen every week. Of course, you're a proud West Australian, but you now reside in Melbourne. How much golf do you play and how, how often do you get onto the sand belt? I get on the sandbell a fair bit, but I'm, I'm mostly, you know, doing corporate golf or uh, the odd playing lesson, thing like that. So I'm not really putting any cards in myself. I'm helping other people, funnily mm-hmm. enough. So I've got a tournament to play in a couple of weeks, the Cathedral Invitational, which is the two days after the Aussie Open. So I'm going into it cold. I haven't practiced, haven't hit balls in, well, especially these two weeks, because I'm doing all the TV commentary. So maybe I can hold some putts and we'll see how we go. <laughs> Do you have any, any ambition to get onto a seniors tour anywhere? No, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm exempt in Europe, and I may next year go and play a couple of events, like the Senior Open, just to sort of, you know, rekindle some old competitive juices and maybe make a holiday out of it. But no, I'm, I'm happy being back here in Australia now. And the, the reason I stopped playing a few years ago was because I didn't want to travel anymore. Mm, and uh, mm. I guess in this game, if you want to go play, you got to travel. So I'm, I'm happy being home and helping other golfers now. Yeah, very much so. Nico Hearn, our guest, of course, part of the, the Fox coverage, the Australian PGA Championship up there uh, in Queensland, of course, and then next week, the Australian Open. So we're midway through round two. And, you know, as I mentioned, the early scorers, uh, we've got some players that we like to see up the top of the leaderboard. And I talk of Scrivener and Minwoo Lee, and we've got the stars who go out this afternoon. If you were to predict and if you stick, stick your head out the window, what are you expecting in regards to conditions this afternoon? And who do you see winning this tournament come uh, Sunday afternoon. Oh, crystal ball time. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a warmer day today and a little bit of breeze, but uh, you know the heat's going to play a little bit of a factor because it's going to be up into the early 30s, I believe, this uh, the next few days. And we're going to get a lot of wind on Sunday, I've heard. So that'll make it very tricky. I mean, it's Scribner, he, he really picked apart the golf course uh, yesterday and and is doing well today so mm. far. And uh, he, um, you know. He, playing a bit like a chess match out there at the moment. So so keep an eye on him. But Minwoo Lee, I mean, last year he finished tied for fourth, didn't hold apart. So he's he's the real danger one to, to look out for. So it's great we've got two West Aussies up there, that's for sure. And, I mean, the, the cut's going to be maybe one or two under, I'd say, at this stage because uh, it's uh, there's a lot of good players out there. And if you shoot part these days, unfortunately, it doesn't take him very far. Yeah, people have voted with their feet too, haven't they? I mean, we talk about Leishman and... and um and Cam Smith being on the Live Tour and, you know, all better rock the boat for a brief time and there are some who have opinions of it and some are anti-Greg Norman and Rory McIlroy's been the big mouthpiece for the non-Live players. Um, it doesn't seem as though the Australians have really cared one iota. They want to see Cam Smith and Mark Leishman up close and personal. Yeah, they just want to see the best, you know, Aussie players in person and, and it's great that they've come back down to play all these events. I mean, uh, and Wade Ormsby is another one there and mm. Ted Morgan, obviously, he's defending champion. They've all played on this Live Golf Tour, and look, there are so many dividing opinions about it, but at the end of the day, if they come back and play here and uh, and the crowds get to see them up close in person, as 
I mean, I saw Min Woo the other day hit a drive and I just shuddered just at the sound it made <laughs> off the club head. I'm thinking, why doesn't my ball sound like that? <laughs> I <laughs> saw know, that uh, post, yeah. <laughs> it's just so impressive to watch these young players these days and, and it's great that they're inspiring the next generation. Uh, last one for you in regards to Min Woo, Lee. Do you think Min Woo has stepped out of Min Ji or do you think Min Ji has stepped out of Min Woo's shadow? Uh, <laughs> Min Woo hates being referred to as the younger brother of Min Ji and I think Min Ji likes to stand on her own two feet as well. But wow, what a golfing family. Oh, it's pretty incredible, isn't it? A bit like the Hoygaard brothers in that <laughs> sense. But in this case, you've got the, brother, the brother-sister relationship. So, you know, I think... Um, there's obviously a bit of competitive fire between uh, between the siblings, but yeah, Min Woo and Min Minji, they're, they're two completely different players. Funnily enough, I mean Minji's so rock solid, rock solid and steady, and, and Min Woo loves to attack and, and take golf courses on. So I'm sure, I'm sure they'll uh, you know both continue doing great things. And Minji's obviously now a major champion, and that's probably. Uh, you know, lit, lit a fire up uh, Min Woo as well to, to, to grab one of his own. No doubt about that. So what time do we see on the telly today, Nick? I, mean, I know you're the, when, you, when, you're a, when you're a presenter and an expert, you sort of just rock up and get told what time you're on. But do you know the broadcast <laughs> times that we can see and, and watch today? Oh, yeah. No, I'm on the course, uh, you know, a couple of hours or a few hours before the coverage, to be honest. But uh, it's going to be 11 o'clock uh, Brisbane time, which would be, what's that, 12 yeah, o'clock yeah. uh, Australian Eastern data time. So, yeah, 9 o'clock uh, our time. Nine o'clock your time. Yeah, we'll be out there for about five hours coverage. Great stuff. Uh, loving the coverage, mate. Good to chat again. And uh, and we also like to hear you on Off the Tee on SEN. Looking forward to the stars stepping out. And if anyone wants to know the scores, get on to pga.org.au. Or better still, watch or listen to SEN for the year uh, constant score updates. Appreciate your time and good to chat. And, uh, and enjoy Christmas. And I look forward to seeing you out in the course somewhere. Yes, it'd be nice to have a game with a fellow lefty. (laughs) Good on you. Nico Hearn, one of the nice guys of Australian sport, not just golf. And you can see him as part of the coverage on Fox of the PGA Championship up there at Royal Queensland. We'll give you a score update next. This is Scotty Ingalls. Good morning. confirming Martin Guttel has signed with the Melbourne Renegades in the Big Bash after being released from his New Zealand cricket contract. He's a very good short-form player. He didn't get any World Cup time, which was a bit of a surprise, Scotty. You tipped that, though. You tipped him, going to the Gades. You were hoping he might have come here. Doesn't seem like that was ever on the cards. No, so now Faf Plessis. And then Ronda has also let us know that he thinks that Joss Butler... Someone <laughs> drilling above my head. <laughs> there you go. Hey, just an update too of the scores. Jason Scrivener. Can people hear that at home? Oh, I really hope people can't hear that. Uh, <laughs> is that, right? is that oh, what's happening next door? Corporate Sports Australia moving doing a next fit door. Out. They're yeah. just putting in Youngie's uh, hot Bath. tub. <laughs> his hot tub and... Some mirrors. So Corporate Sports Australia next door to us. So we'll get all the mail. We'll see all the players come in for meetings. Yeah, and when they say, sorry, he's not available, well, he's next door. (laughs) Nine under Jason Scriver, nine under Johnny Lyra, seven under Minwoo Lee, still to tee off this afternoon. Adam Scott, also Cameron Smith and Mark Leishman. Let's get the news away. We'll do it for Mac has come back. Simon Miller's down south. We'll find out why next. This is Scotty Ingalls. away from Christmas. Don't forget, after 8 o'clock, it is the Wildcat Show, and we'll hear from Damien Martin. We'll also hear from Mitch Norton after the game and CJ Bruton from the Adelaide 36ers. Time to do this. 
Sport update time and a FIFA World Cup update as well. Got the touch this World Cup. Choose tab touch. Gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers Help 1-800-858-858. Yeah, taking a look at some of the odds. What do you reckon Australia are paying against Tunisia? Favourites or no, it wouldn't be outsiders? Favorites. It wouldn't be favourites. Surely are you thinking we close? Be. I reckon we're paying $2.80. $4.20. Oh, in between. three sixty-five for Australia. Tunisia are paying $2.10. The draw, three twenty-five. Yeah. Oh, Pretty like, handy odds like there on Tab Touch. Yeah. I reckon, it'll be a, I reckon it'll be a score fest. Yeah? Yeah. I reckon, I reckon Australia will score three goals. I was going to say three all is my tip here. And lose 7-3. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wales take on Iran tonight. Uh, Iran back in action, of course. Come on, Iran. We liked their uh, their gameplay the other night, but um, they're not favourites. The Welsh are favourites. Of course, they've got some pretty handy players in, in Gareth yeah, Bale, Aaron Bailey, Ramsey. Gareth Rammer. Bale, mate. Gareth Bale's old enough to... V- Whoever's drilling, they are going to cough it. Find gold very shortly. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Wilshire two dollars seventeen. Iran paying three dollars sixty. The draw three dollars fifteen. Uh, Netherlands and Ecuador favourites are the Netherlands. Uh, the Dutch strong favourites one dollars seventy. Ecuador paying five dollars thirty. Ecuador just have to clog up their defence. England USA oh. one. <laughs> England, USA, one of the uh, not, picks of the bunch well potentially of the weekend. That is uh, early hours of tomorrow morning. England playing a dollar fifty-two strong favourites over the United States at six twenty-five. Uh, easy. France and Denmark, one dollar seventy-four. The French, Denmark are paying five dollars ten. Argentina and Mexico, a dollar fifty-four. Mexico, six seventy-five. Wow. So Argentina, they're terrible. They lost. Yeah, they're, they're stinking it up. Form. Uh, Monday morning, though, before we come back on, this is one of the uh, the tightest games according to the odds of Tap right, Touch. Right, who is it? Spain, $2.30. Yeah. Germany's $2.95. Ooh. Oh, so what's the draw? Three fifty five. Take the draw then. If the markets are close head to head, then you take the draw. Germany just lost to Japan. Now, Japan are a good side, but Spain spanked seven in their first game. So mm. I'm, I'm surprised that... Uh, I would have thought Spain at 2.30 would be pretty good odds there. This chat's going way Take too those. long. Take those. Take those odds. This chat's going way too long. Do you want to talk some BBL as well? Please. Let's do that because we've got to go there. It's time for a bit of KFC Supercoach. Head to supercoach.com.au. Head there. Make your team. I've made our SENWA breakfast team. What about right. my team? Hang on. Hang on a second. Is this a, a joint team? This is a joint or team. Or is Goss's team on the side? This is a joint team for us. Okay. We didn't so win Goss still... Lotto either. Either right. on the side or... Yeah, <laughs> The six other tickets you had in your wallet. <laughs> I'm still here. Now, look, the team could use some tinkering because I've still got $373,800 left in my remaining salary, so I can still pick up some big names for our SCNWA well, breakfast really team. You because we got to buy, then we play then something about round two. So yeah, I noticed that after I made it as well. Back got to backer. The Perth Scorchers have got to buy, so shouldn't have picked many Perth Scorchers my first team, but I did. Picked up Mitch Marsh <laughs> in there, Jai Richardson, Cam Bancroft. They're all in there. Aaron Hardy, Lance Morris. So, look, it needs tinkering. It was still 18 days. Away from the big Tinkering? mate. Sounds like it needs a complete overall. Josh Inglis is in there as well. You're a deadbeat. But this oh. is a good team. <laughs> Think, look at all these. Look at all these first scorches I've picked up. Long. And they've still, we've still got nearly four hundred grand Get out of the studio. The scorches are unders when you're pay, playing the Simon big Miller bash super coach. 
Don't forget, after 8 o'clock, the Wildcats hour, but I've got some breaking news. The Wildcats' next game is against Brisbane in Brisbane at the Nissan Arena next Thursday night. Yes. And Brisbane have sacked their coach, James Duncan, gone to Aaron Baines. Uh, big recruit. Um, he is gone, James Duncan. They were expecting big things from the Brisbane Bullets. Sam McKinnon takes over. He's one of the assistant coaches. Yeah. So the Wildcats will take on a Brisbane Bullets not coached by James Duncan next Thursday. There's some breaking news, more basketball news after 8 o'clock. Simon Miller joins us. See, we, we were hoping to have the Mayor of Subiaco in the studio. Well, it's always better to see his smiling face, isn't it? But Puts you in a good mood. he's down south of... Oh, well, he's, well, hang on. Holidaying. Leavers. Yeah. Tooley. <laughs> Simon, Simon Miller, good morning. <laughs> I, uh, I, I actually had no idea it was leaving till uh, last night, and I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I looked at the weather and it said there was going to be rain today mid morning. Uh, no, it started real early when I started looking at spellers. I'm I'm a drowned rat. <laughs> oh no! So, so just let us know in regards to so what's the job. Today, when you say you look at spellers, so you just let our layman know, sitting at home, listening on the radio, what what are you actually looking at, and what sort of horses? So all the all the horses that are holidaying, so to speak, and they're having a break from training. So I have to come down on a regular basis and just make sure they've let down good and and they're putting on weight and they look healthy. Um, and sometimes it takes a while for horses to get back to um, my weight which is, uh, I'll call it a healthy weight. Uh, <laughs> and then once they look good and they've had enough time out, you can bring them back into work and, and go through the, the rigors of training again. But until then, they need to have a break. So I constantly come out and have a look and make sure they look good and healthy. And if they are, then we're good to go and bring them in. So I'm like a, a what are they, a hamster wheel. That's me right now. I'm just, just running around. I'm out of control with work, but I had to get down because I've got about eight that need to come in next week and I haven't seen them for about a month so um, that's why I stuck down yesterday afternoon, started looking and then look again this morning. We're going to be back up by one o'clock so Let me get this straight, let me get this straight mate. You, horses, yeah. when you put them in the paddock for a spell so they're off season, you want them to blow yeah. out? Yeah you do you know yeah. so because then <laughs> Yeah, I'll go the opposite. Well, I thought I, well, I thought I thought I always came back from preseason looking healthy. I thought I looked had, had that healthy glow about me, really? well rested. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that's. I thought you were the instigator for skin fold. All right, mate. This is, this is going real well. No, all right, mate. No worries. <laughs> I was, I was really tossing up. Uh, I was really tossing up about uh, the winter bottom tomorrow, thinking, "Oh, I've got Simon's, we've got Miss Kentucky in there, we've also got, and I've got, then I've got Ollie on the other hand with, with Rothfire. So now you've dissuaded me. I'll be all over Rothfire. I tell you right now. No, that's fair enough. Hey. Yes. Simon, All it's right. a Group One Winter Bottom yeah. Stakes. So we're looking forward to it. Now, I, I need you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm, a bit of, I'm, I'm, I'm a stickler for getting things right. Now, whether they be race callers, whether they be just uh, washed-up footballers who are now in the media, whatever it may be, it's, saying it's, H instead of <laughs> just saying H. the wrong word. Yeah, exactly. H and H and all that sort of stuff. But I just want to know: Is your horse called? And I think it's Miss Contiki. 
I hear yeah. everyone in racing say Miss Conteki, and I don't know why they do. Can you confirm? And if you do confirm it, can you please let race callers and racing experts know how to say it? What is the name of the horse? Oh. And close enough is not good enough. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. I say Conteki. Exactly it's right. like a Conteki to us. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I don't understand no where they get Teki out of this. Well, no one says I'm going on a Conteki to us. <laughs> Yeah, but they're spelled differently, though. You've got an E in yours. No. <laughs> no, it's Kentucky. All right, Miss Kentucky, it is. Yeah, Kentucky too is spelled with an I, and Kentucky is with an E. So, it, Miss, so are you, you, so you are telling us that you yeah, and your it's owner, Kentucky. it's Kentucky. Yeah. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, for sure. All day long. All righty. Hey, um,. Julio Santo Rally uh, does some really good stuff. We just thought this is another reason to play. Oh, no, you're <laughs> yeah. not. So this is Julio Santo Rally speaking to apprentice jockey Casey Martinian, and um, just butchered one of the great sayings. And your boss SJ Miller too. He must be pretty wrapped, but I think he let the bird out of the bag. He gave you a little bit of a hint. <laughs> <laughs> the bird. Oh, that's great. The bird out of the bag. But Simon, it doesn't stop there. Same day, different jockey. It's it's a tough industry. It's a tough sport, and um, you have to roll with the dice, don't you? <laughs> 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 oh, this is great. You know what? Because he'll interview me tomorrow. I'm going to use those lines. Yeah, yeah. Go, go with just, just go well, with it. <laughs> mate. Pl- and just do it with a straight face. Don't try and don't belittle him on air. Don't don't do any of that. Yeah, leave just, that to us. Just leave that to us. <laughs> right? You just go with it straight, and we'll just replay your work on Monday. On Monday, yeah. I want to see roll with the dice. Can you win tomorrow? Can you, you win know, tomorrow? Can you win tomorrow? I can absolutely. I can. Yeah, she had a great prep. You know, um, Dennis Pagan was giving the North Melbourne boys one of the greatest sprays behind closed doors. And he said, I've been uninundated. And Peter Bell sat there and he was like, ah, no, I'm not going to let that go through the keeper. He <laughs> <laughs> had Billy in the studio earlier. He's looking good. Oh, did you? How is he? Yeah, he's, he's going really man. well. Yeah, great man. So can Miss Kentucky win tomorrow? It's drawn barrier 13, but wide barriers don't seem to bother the winter bottom stakes. No, it doesn't. And I, I think... The reason why there's so much pressure down towards the fence, mm. and it, and there's carnage every year. I've been skittled a few times and held up for runs. I honestly think drawing wide in this race uh, is the perfect scenario. They'll be high pressure, and then you get the opportunity to get clear air and come down the outside. Above the peg, go well again. Yeah, Tom. backing up. Yeah, he was good, really good. So. Um, the McCrusty family pulled out a bowl of Grange in '83 last Saturday night. Oh. Um, that's the reason. That, that's the reason why he's named above the peg. So whenever he and Greg go away on holidays, uh, there's a peg in their wine cellar, and the kids aren't allowed to drink above the peg. And, <laughs> and <laughs> it's true. <key. laughs> so they pulled out a, a, a Grange, which is naturally above the peg. But one of the boys, when they went overseas. Uh, drank one one row of nice wine and just lifted the peg one. But they didn't realise it. <laughs> but they didn't realise 
me had said a little marker at the side and busted him. So uh, they weren't too happy when they got home. Simon Miller, our guest, of course, just a friendly chat with the, one of the best in the business. Got a big day tomorrow, of course. Now, now the other day when we ran into each other at the local Cafe Melagrano and you're there with your beautiful daughter and you're eating the place down, it cost you about a... Uh, gee, she can eat. She's a fair eater. She's, yeah, a, she's good too. Yeah, yeah, she's good on the thing. Um, <laughs> you actually saddled up a horse and we, we chatted and we sat and we had our coffee and we chatted. I walked out and you didn't say anything about a horse called China Spirit going around later in the day and it won like a good thing. It goes around again tomorrow. Much bigger race. It's a huge assignment Listia. in the Listia Classic drawn Barrier 1. Is there a push for it? It's, it's, he needs to do everything right. Like he's on a quick quick backup against some proven horses at that level. So, mm-hmm. But drawing 1 uh, is a huge advantage for him because it's the shortest way home to fence and he can just get an easy run in transit. I'm having a throw at the stumps because while she owns um, the broodmare and he sold uh, a yearling out of it last year in Melbourne for four seventy-five thousand. Wow! Um, and that was without any horse in the pedigree having started. So he's one for one, and if I can put black type on him, then if he happens to sell the next offspring, he'll get more. So it's a business decision. This one. Okay, well, the horse is obviously going well enough because you wouldn't start it regardless. Mate, no, fair call, Tim. Yeah, fair call. And what yeah. about and what about Amelia's jewel, mate? Just a, a summary of that. I mean, uh, you must be absolutely pumped with what the horse is doing. Uh, when do we see it next? Genuinely see it next? And uh, how's the horse done since the win last weekend? Yeah, it was pretty emotional, Tim. Like, it was very satisfying to knock that race off because it's been a hard race to win. And she did it well, and they uh, come off the speed and made it. She got buffered a fair bit, and lucky she got a good brain. She can relax and chill out and hit the line, and so she'll go to the Kingston, uh, the Northern, sorry they call it now, the Northern Saturday week. Um, Paddy Carberry, fifty and a half, he's got a ride at, so he's doing pretty well. Yeah, I know it's light, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, yes, um, just leave his just leave his wallet at home. He'll be right. <laughs> Very true. He's had a good carnival, so. Um, she'll she'll go there and she'll have a break, and then we'll, we'll have to come up with our next plan and uh, maybe over east. So, uh, but she, she's exciting. Oh, she's very good. Absolute ripper, mate. Uh, yeah, tomorrow the biggest question for you. It's not about the group one. It's not, it's <laughs> oh, not no, about above the, it's not about above the peg. It's, it's not about hardly ever. It's about your attire. Um, it's a big day, oh, mate. Right. I'm expecting a suit. Um, a, a tie, a really well done up tie, and of course that'll be over the top of a very crisp white shirt. It will be. And uh, mum, mum said I looked it on TV the other day. So thanks, Tim. Have <laughs> <laughs> you thought about a hat, James Cummings? Where's a hat? Oh, <laughs> Can't get one mate, to fit James Cummings wore a suit to track work the other day. Yeah, yeah. Well, we spoke to him about it. We, we know. Said, no, he just said, well, he just said, oh, the Cummings is drawing, bring a bit of class to everywhere they go. Oh, that's Sydney. Sydney, Sydney trainers love to dress up at track work. <laughs> I love it. Uh, mate, we've got to go because we're running out of time, but what, what were you fearful? What did you think was coming from Scotty then? You said, yeah. oh, no, what did you fear? Oh, no, that he wanted me to tip one. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, actually, yeah, I've really mentioned quickly. a couple there. Which one, uh, which one? Can't win. Can't win. <laughs> um, let's go hardly ever, because I hardly ever tip a winner. Now, nice work by you. Simon Miller, join us. Right. Drive safely, great man. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Scott. Have a great day. You too, mate. 
Thanks for your company. Uh, the SEN has just uh, announced their cricket commentary team for uh, yep. the summer, of yeah. course. Where do you come in? First drop, Not second drop? even mentioned. whack 75-par online article, and I've been delisted from the commentary team. Oh, no. I know. You won't get this. You won't get this stuff. Whackity whack whack. I mean, what? Jared's not going to give you whackity whack whack. No, Jared's not a whackity whack whack type of guy. Adam Collins is a bit of a whackity whack whack. whack. Yeah, well, I think you've been hardly done by. And uh, unlucky, but you know what? That's harshly done. Don't your participation awards get better, Tim. <laughs> nice work by you, Scotty. Well done to the team this week. You've been great. Hey, I'm going nowhere. I'm staying in this chair because we've got the Wildcats <laughs> hour for another hour. There's nothing like doing a Wildcats hour after they get You'll beat. You'll go on places, mate. Don't worry. You're going somewhere. <laughs>